Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Want to talk about our opponent? They're bigger, faster, stronger, more experienced, and on paper, they're just better, and they know it too. But I want to tell you something that they don't know. They don't know your heart. This is Patchwork Heart Ministries Young Catholics Respond, brought to you by Breadbox Media. Now, here's your host, Bill Snyder. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of Young Catholics Respond. I am Bill Snyder. It's great to be with you. I know uh, it's been a while since we've been on the air with you all, uh, but it's wonderful to be back here in the fall. And I have a wonderful guest to kick things off. His name is Peter Herbeck. He is the Vice President and Director of of Missions for Renewal Ministries. For more than 30 years, he has been actively involved in evangelization and Catholic renewal throughout the United States, Canada, Africa, and Eastern Europe. Peter is the co-host for The Choices We Face and the daily radio show Fire on Earth. He is a conference speaker and the author of When the Spirit Comes in Power and When the Speaker Speaks. He has produced CDs and booklets about discipleship and life in the Spirit. Peter has four children and seven grandchildren and resides in Ann Arbor, Michigan with his wife, Debbie. Peter, it's a pleasure to have you on Young Catholics Respond. Thank you so very much for joining me today. Uh, You're welcome. It's good to be with you. Yeah, so, uh, you know, in this first segment, uh, I always like to talk about the things that led you led you into ministry. You have a fascinating life, and so uh, where, whatever the Holy Spirit's putting on your heart to share with our listeners today, just about your journey, um, I, we, we would love to hear it. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, I grew up in a uh, pretty typical Catholic family, uh, in a little town in southern Minnesota. Um, it was in the, you know, 70s when I was in high school. Uh, and like a lot of my friends, I wasn't too dialed into the faith, but uh, just had a period of time where some of my older siblings really came awake or awakened in a new way to their faith. They were involved in the Catholic Charismatic Renewal, got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Um, and then it brought a kind of a real influx of faith into my home. Um, and we had healings and renewal and i kind of got caught up and got invited to a conference at which i really powerfully encountered the lord as a 20 year old and uh changed my life dramatically i really encountered the grace of the baptism of the holy spirit at a big meeting at notre dame 
And uh, after communion on a Sunday, on a uh, at the closing mass of the conference, and it just rocked my world, so to speak. <laughs> and I just encountered the beauty and the majesty of Jesus in such a such a powerful way that I was just convinced He is the most important thing that exists. You know, knowing Him and following Him and uh, the good news. It became good news for me in a way that I never quite understood it before. And, uh, and of course, just as we come more alive in our baptismal grace, baptism confirmation, I think just started flowing more in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and just the encouragement and presence and power of the Spirit, new capacity to live a new way of life, and uh, met, started meeting other people. I was just really hungry, uh, wanted more, and uh, just met uh, more and more people who were also coming alive in the Lord, and one thing led to the next, and... Uh, yeah, now I'm. I've been. I didn't plan it when I started when I was 20, <laughs> but I ended up, you know, getting after I graduated from college, University of St. Thomas in St. Paul. I ended up doing uh, campus work at the University of Michigan, uh, and from there I met my lovely wife Debbie, who is a Jewish convert to the faith, and she uh, um, she probably doesn't even, you know, after all these years, I think she doesn't like the, the terminology convert. She's just a she's a completed Jew. You know, yeah. she comes to believe in the, Jesus as the Messiah, and uh, and which is true. You know, she's a Hebrew yeah. Catholic, and so uh, we were married and um, have been working together in ministry for all these years, and uh, work closely with Ralph Martin and Sister Ann Shields at Renewal Ministries, and a lot of um, you know along the way, little indicators. You know, the Lord gives sneak previews of coming attractions in our lives as we follow him and seek to, you know, open our hearts to say, yes, we had a deep sense of calling. We kind of thought, you know, you certainly can live out your calling in the world and, and work and career and all that kind of stuff. But for Debbie and I both felt this passion to be involved in full-time ministry. We weren't sure how that was going to happen. There weren't too many people like us back in those days um, who were, not working for a parish or the diocese or something like that to kind of make a, make a life doing it. But we, we really felt the Lord saying that to us. So we had a, uh, we said, let's go for it and, uh, and just live one day at a time. And the Lord just kind of opened one door after another. And um, it went from doing campus ministry work to uh, the Lord bringing Ralph Martin and I together on a more um, significant level uh, we attended. We were attending a, a conference together. Just actually, not even attending the conference. We went to hear one speaker at a large conference in Detroit, and the first time he and I had ever done anything together, just the two of us. And we went to hear the speaker. He's pretty good. It was right before lunch. We were getting ready to take off and come back to Ann Arbor, and uh, the MC made an announcement and said, "Hey, there's." Uh, uh, they made an announcement before lunch and said, "Our our leadership team, our prophecy team up front here." feel called to pray for two men who are here today. And among the thousands of people there, they pointed us out. And um, they had no idea who we were. I certainly didn't know who they were. And uh, and so they excused everybody, and we went out and said, sure, we'll take prayer. And so they prayed with us. And at that point, there were um, – we, so when someone was praying over me, it was a prophetic word and said, the Lord's going to start sowing you into nations all around the world. And um, he's in the church you belong to. They had no idea we were Catholic. And they said, the church you belong to, the Lord's doing something significant. You get to be a little part of it. And he's going to bring people alongside you that are going to help you 
and uh, and it's going to start soon and only go through the doors that are open. Don't try to open doors that are not open. Uh, the Lord will show you the way. So we're driving home, and I said, well, gee, what would you think of that? You know? Yeah. And he's, Ralph, Ralph said, yeah, it just really seemed like the Lord was present. But you know what? Scripture is pretty clear. Uh, it says, don't despise prophecy, but test everything and cling to what is good. I said, okay, uh, I know that passage, but what does it look like concretely? And so he said, why don't we get together, you know, one morning a week early and pray and just put ourselves before the Lord and see what the Lord has to say. You know, it was like the summer of 1990, thinking there. And then we, so we got Sister Ann Shields. We went to actually to her house, her sister's house in the morning on Wednesdays and would just pray for an hour, hour and a half and pray and listen. And week after week, we had a nice prayer time, but weren't hearing anything in particular, you know, so... Um, at a certain point, I don't know how many, maybe a couple months into it, Sister Ann one morning said, well, I have to say, I think the Lord is saying you're supposed to go to Lithuania and Ukraine. I said, okay, <laughs> like, uh, do you know anybody there? And she said, no, I don't know anybody. And she goes, honestly, I'm not even sure where it is. And then, um, and then I asked Ralph, I said, do you know anybody there? He said, no, I don't know anybody there. And I said, so what do we do? And again, he said, well, let's just don't despise prophecy, test everything, cling to what is good. And so he said, let's continue to bring that before the Lord. And then just a few weeks later, Ralph came to the meeting and said he had gotten a call the night before from a bishop in Lithuania who'd been, uh, his name is Bishop Tolkevichis. He's now a cardinal. And he was a, a Jesuit priest in Lithuania during communist time. And he ran an underground Catholic newspaper uh, informing Rome of the persecution and troubles and situation in the church in Lithuania, but he got turned in by a KGB priest collaborator, and he got sent to the Gulag for nine years. And then when the wall went down, uh, the Soviet Union collapsed, he was released, and he came out of the Gulag, and a man just radiant with the joy of the Lord, even after all that suffering that he went through, and the Holy St. John Paul II made him a, the bishop of the cultural center of the country of Lithuania. And then he gathered his priests together for the first time in 51 years. The bishop of the diocese was able to be alone with his priests without the KGB being present and monitoring everything. And he said, brothers, it's time to re-evangelize our people. And many of them didn't know how to do what needed to be done. They were allowed to baptize Mary and Barry for all those years within the church. Everything they did was moderated or, you know, it was washed over by the, by the KGB. And he knew he needed help. And at that time, all kinds of Americans and Westerners were coming to Lithuania to help rebuild the country. And this bishop got to know a couple of young people who had visited Steubenville, Lithuanians at one point. And he was asking for help. And they said, well, we know people who could help you. It could be Father Michael Scanlon and Ralph Martin. And uh, they didn't really know, they know who they were. So that's how the bishop got a hold of us. And <laughs> we ended up doing a set of missions across the country uh, six months to a year later. And, yeah, it was about a year later. I went six months to help organize it. And then um, that became a kind of a starting point for us. And doors started opening all over the place. There there were almost 5,000 people that we, we organized to do follow-up with. And they established the first office for Catholic evangelization in the country with Bishop Tomkevichis. He just retired. Um, now, as I said, now Cardinal uh, Tomkevichis. And that was the first trip. And we've done almost a thousand international trips in like 62 different countries or something like that since that time. And, 
you know, and so the adventure, all we did was go to a meeting just to hear a speaker <laughs> and the, and the Lord opens the door and yeah. said, go through it. And we discerned it and went through it. And so, so we've been, Ralph and I and Sister Ann and others have been collaborating together ever since then, yeah. since 1990. You know, so, that's, an, that's an amazing story, Peter. And thank you so much for sharing it with us. And, you know, walking through the open doors has, um, such such great meaning i think for a lot of young people out there searching uh so i think if you've really listened to the first half of this interview with peter um you know take that to heart if the lord is opening doors in your life uh walk through them but don't try to force the ones that are not opening uh so peter i have to take a short break here on young catholics respond but when we come back uh one of the places you're going is a little closer to home i think uh, you're coming uh, to milwaukee uh, on September 18th for a uh, wonderful presentation or day of and series of presentations uh, entitled A People of Hope. And so we're looking forward to uh, you coming out to our diocese, and we're going to take a little bit of time after the break and talk just about that particular event and a little more. So right back after these messages here on Young Catholics Respond, I'm Bill Snyder. Stay tuned. Today, many students go to college with numerous questions about their faith, yearning to know if the seed planted in them as a child is both true and practical. Using the miracle on the road to Emmaus as a model, young adult ministers conversed weekly for three months with college students about the most pressing questions they had about the Catholic faith. As they journeyed together virtually, something amazing happened. Doubts disappeared. Fears faded, and Jesus revealed that he is still alive. Hearts Burning Within Us, the latest book from Patchwork Heart Ministry, is a result of that grace-infused conversation. It is the perfect back-to-school gift for recent high school graduates and current college students. Get your copy for them today at patchworkheart.org or by calling 424-704-3278. That's 424-704-3278. The words spoken by Our Lady of Guadalupe to Juan Diego nearly 500 years ago are almost too good to be true. Asking that a temple be built at the site of her apparition, she promised that here I will give all my love, my compassion, my help, and my protection to all those who love me, cry to me, seek me, and who have confidence in me. Here I will listen to their weepings and alleviate all their sufferings, necessities, and misfortunes. My name is Alan Napleton and I live in Dallas, Texas. I have visited her shrine in Mexico City dozens of times, bringing my own petitions and have found Our Lady to be true to her word. Over the years, I have brought hundreds of pilgrims to this holy place without incidents and have now founded Viva Guadalupe, a nonprofit that provides safe and inexpensive pilgrimages to Our Lady's shrine. If you would like to take our Blessed Mother up on her promise and learn more about how you can visit this special place of grace, please visit vivaguadalupe.org for more information. The St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith offers prayerful accompaniment for those who are affected by divorce and separation. 
we offer free online support meetings for those affected by divorce and for adult children of divorce. You can learn more about us at nonatus.org. That's N-O-N-N-A-T-U-S dot org. Text or call 215-870-9913. Patchwork Heart Ministry is committed to sowing hope into broken hearts by helping young people encounter the love of Jesus Christ and His Catholic Church through prayer, storytelling, and media initiatives. We invite you to prayerfully consider supporting this mission financially. Mail your tax-deductible donation to Patchwork Heart Ministry at P.O. Box 563, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, zip code 53147. Or visit patchworkheart.org to donate online. That's Patchwork Heart Ministry, P.O. Box 563, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, 53147, or online at patchworkheart.org. At times it seems like the world today is filled with so much division, bigotry, and hatred. So it's up to us to make sure that we get back to the basics, and that is Jesus Christ and His message of faith, hope, and love. Faith, Hope, Love with John and Morgan Bender is a new project that seeks to do just that by engaging and inspiring Catholics within the Archdiocese of Milwaukee and beyond. Read personal faith stories, interviews, and news all by visiting the Faith, Hope, and Love blog.blogspot.com or follow us on Twitter at Johnny Bender MKE. What's the S stand for? It's not an S. On my world, it means hope. Welcome back to Young Catholics Respond. Once again, Bill Snyder. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to this episode of Young Catholics Respond. Today, my guest is Peter Herbeck, and uh, we're talking with him about his faith journey. If you missed it in the first half of the interview, uh, I encourage you to come back and listen to it on the podcast feed because it's a fascinating and wonderful journey about uh, his his life and uh, just how he got started and how the Holy Spirit opened the doors for his ministry. But um, I'm really excited, Peter, because you're coming out to the Archdiocese of Milwaukee for a day of reflection on September 18th. Uh, the registrations are available at ccrmilwaukee.com. Uh, so if you head over to the website, you'll be able to find uh, how to register and attend this wonderful event. But uh, Peter, the topic for this conference or this day of reflection is entitled A People of Hope. And so, um, you know, there is a lot going on in the world today. And how do we find hope in the midst of everything that is going on? Yeah, no, it's a good question. We we are living through, no question, we're living through like apocalyptic, epic times. Uh, the nations are shaking. Uh, we've, we're facing, we're still battling, you know, this COVID virus. And one of the things that, one of the things that I, I'm very, very convinced of is the Lord is permitting the nations to be shaken and the church to be purified. Uh, in this time, I mean, the weakness of the even, even the church, her her weaknesses, her divisions, and things that are holding her back from the the kind of full fruitfulness the Lord wants to bring her into. The Lord is doing that. You know, it's, it's like a it's a little bit like Hebrews chapter twelve, where it says, you know, the Lord once again, the Lord will shake the nations. The Lord shakes the nations, and also shakes the church, because people, even those who follow Him 
can come to the place where they're clinging to things that are shakable. And he, want, he has to shake them to show them that these things that people are we're investing, our time, our heart, our mind, our devotion, all kinds of things, putting these things first in our life or leaning on them in such a way and trying to find identity and security in them. And he helps us see that they indeed are, are shakable realities and they're not enough for us as human beings so that we let go and cling to what is unshakable, which is the Lord himself. And he disciplines those whom he loves, it says in Hebrews chapter 12. You know, and he said that if we were orphans, he wouldn't discipline, but because we're his children, he brings his purifying grace to us so that we can learn to walk in the peaceful fruit of righteousness. So I think that kind of reality is some of what's unfolding right now in the world and in the church. And the church is bringing, the Lord's bringing purification to the church because he wants her to be more yielded to him, clinging to him, and more fruitful in bringing the love of God to a world that literally is just kind of spiraling out of control. It's disconnected from reality more and more all the time. That's why there's so much trouble there, because there's a serious kind of suppression of the truth about God and a turning away from God that's happening, and the larger culture is now, you know, promoting what, you know, recent Pope Benedict the Sixteenth recent called, you know, like an anti-Christian creed emerging in the culture. That's that's really in opposition to the gospel. So the church is the church is going through a period of purification, um, and you might say judgment, which is good. God's judgments are really good. Um, he only lets that happen because we need it. And what it leads to is the peaceful fruit of righteousness. And like the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah twenty six nine, he said. When God's judgments are in the land, men learn righteousness. You know, learn how to be rightly yielded to God and united to God in that way. So why do I put it in those terms? Well, what's really hopeful about it is how much the Lord cares about us and how much he's willing to do whatever it takes to position his church and to bring her into purification and strength to fulfill our mission in the world. So that's a good thing for sure. Um, And the other thing is that you know, one of the, we've we've grown up here in the United States. I mean, I'm 63, and um, you know, most of my life it's been pretty easy going in this country to be a Christian. It's been, for the most part, the culture has either accepted uh, the church or celebrated the church in many ways or honored the church. Um, and a lot of those days are over now. You know, it's a different situation now in the world and in the country even, and so it's going to be more difficult. And I think because it's more difficult and the troubling of the waters has happened and stresses in the nations more than we're used to, we get a little scared and anxious and frustrated and confused and we lose confidence. And so this is part of what the Lord is allowed to have happen. If you think about it, Bill, and you know, when we came out of 2019, the United States, you know, had the biggest, baddest army in the world. We had the biggest, hottest economy, some people said ever. We had all this thing, these things going on, and then bam, just like that. You know, mm-hmm. the COVID virus hits, the whole world gets shut down. Um, all of a sudden, humanity's wrestling with the, the issue of death face to face, the great enemy. You know, the devil's strategy, Scripture says, is to enslave the human race through the fear of death. And so death is the enemy that steals hope, part of the enemy. That steals, and it's the, death is the last enemy. So we're being confronted with it, and our health and our security is shaken, and then all of a sudden our politics starts to shake like crazy and our cities are burning, you know, and then 
the, the economy just starts going into the tank. And, and all of a sudden, what do we lean on? Our, our political system has been very stable for hundreds of years. Uh, our economy was really strong. And bam, just like that, all of those things get dramatically shaken. And what that reveals when that happens is what is it that I'm really leaning on? Where do I get my identity, my confidence, my hope, my peace? Do I actually have that in my life? And, and you see in the New Testament, uh, especially I love St. Peter's first letters, you know, he's, his uh, first letter, he's writing to really essentially persecuted Christian communities, young persecuted communities. And he said, you know, you've been born anew through a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. It's kept in heaven for you. You possess this. And he said, now, even though you're going through serious trials, you're filled with unutterable and exalted joy. Mm-hmm. So he's observing something in them. People are being martyred, marginalized, no influence in the culture, nothing like that. In terms of worldly prospects, in terms of worldly prospects, basically they had, they had very little. But here they were, Peter's saying, it's amazing what God is doing you in you. It didn't surprise Peter. He was rejoicing in it because he came to know it in his own heart, that the hope of the gospel, knowing Christ Jesus, the superior pleasures of, of knowing Christ Jesus, the Lord, and living in a vital community of people on mission together, they were filled with great confidence because their confidence in hope is not in this world. Mm. It's, it's knowing the Lord and being united to him. So the very fact that every, that we're the church people, so many people are shaken and mad at God and confused and all the rest of it is it shows you the need we have for purification because we haven't gone through any kind of tests like those people did. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe the people in the world certainly have in different parts of the world. We've done a lot of work in China We've known a lot of people who've been very seriously, you know, number number of people, excuse me, have been very seriously persecuted, paid a high cost for their faith, living that way day to day. Some of the most joyful uh, Christians I've ever met in my life. And I mean that sincerely, you know. Yeah. So we've been leaning on things for our security and our identity and our comfort and our happiness. And when those things shake, it goes away. So what we need is the uh, the rock solid reality of of a conviction and hope that's rooted in faith that's real and experienced that's what that's where hope lies i mean so anyway no you know that's yeah. that's a beautiful that's so beautiful and I, i'm so excited to hear more from you uh at this upcoming event uh a people of hope again it's going to be hosted at uh through the archdiocese of milwaukee at elizabeth ann seton parish in new berlin wisconsin on uh, the 18th of this month, September. So we hope that you uh, come out. Uh, again, you can get uh, your registration. You can register for the event at ccrmilwaukee.com. Uh, and Peter's going to be uh, the main presenter. He's going to be sharing with us uh, the just kind of what he gave you an overview of right now, folks. He's going to be sharing more of uh, with us at this uh, conference. And Peter, um, you know, I, w- will you just give uh, people a little taste of some of the um, content that you're going to be tossing out to them uh, at this at this conference, and maybe the challenge, uh, any any preparatory challenges that you can hand out to them? Uh, you know, to maybe prepare themselves to receive well your message. 
Yeah, I, I think one of the best things you can do is just have do an honest inventory before the Lord. Uh, you know, just take some time, write down in your journal before you come. Just wh- where are you at in relationship to what's unfolding? Are you, do you find yourself fearful, anxious, angry, scared? You know, what's happening with you? Are you feeling renewal? Does God seem mainly distant? Are you upset with God because of what's happening in the world? Um, are you growing nearer to him? Like for some people, you know, 2020 turned out to be friends of mine. Others said it was like the best year spiritually they ever had in their life, you know, because they really leaned into the Lord and started abiding more deeply in the Lord and trusting in him and releasing all their concerns. So do some inventory like that. So when you come to the meeting, you just feel like you're really in touch with where you're at. Remember, the Lord never condemns. He loves us. He loves it when we just kind of deal with him and with honesty. And then um, on the day, we're going to be as real as we can about both the hope, the challenges, and then open ourselves to more and more of God's grace and power to help us, to, to more of his, his, the fire of his love to help us respond and to go forward. We'll have lots of practical help on the day, but I think also some inspiring vision and insight into what the Lord's planned for us. So what is planned for us going forward. Awesome, Peter. I can't wait. Um, super excited. Again, folks, uh, head over to uh, ccrmilwaukee.com to get your registration or to register for this event. Uh, it's September 18th at Elizabeth Ann Seton Parish in New Berlin, Wisconsin. Um, I would uh, just ask you, Peter, are there ways that people can get in, you know, in touch with your, your content out there? There's so much stuff you're doing in the church today. How, how, how do people find you, and, and how, how can they connect with yeah, you? I think, yeah, the quickest way to go is at renewalministries.net. Um, or you could go to YouTube and just type my name in. We've done a lot of YouTubes this past year that have been very helpful to people, short YouTubes. Um, you can also download our Renewal Ministries app. You can get Ralph Martin's stuff, Sister Ann's stuff, my stuff, all kinds of people, young adult ministry, high school ministry that we're involved in. You can have access to by just downloading that and getting all the information you need. Awesome. Peter, thank you so very much for spending some time with me today. We look forward to having you out at the Archdiocese of Milwaukee. It's going to be great. Yeah, looking forward to it. God bless. All right, well, folks, this has been an episode of Young Catholics Respond. Until next time, from all of us here at Patchwork Heart Ministry, I'm Bill Snyder. Keep beating to your Catholic heart. You've been listening to Young Catholics Respond, a radio initiative of Patchwork Heart Ministry. To learn more about our ministry and program, visit us at patchworkheart.org. Or to get exclusive access and early ministry updates, become our patron on Patreon by searching for Patchwork Heart Ministry. Did you enjoy this podcast? Listen to other podcasts from Patchwork Heart Ministry by following Patchwork Heart Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Kevin O'Brien of EWTN's Theater of the Word. I'm excited also to teach middle school and high school literature, speech, and drama with homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider. Your student can meet with me online for a live, interactive class. Whether you take apologetics with John Martinoni or grade school with Jackie De La Viaga, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, online Catholic learning for your homeschooling family is available for you.